guys, Billy here. <laughs> Welcome for the bonfire. Hey guys, Hide and Seek is now on Patreon. If you'd like to learn how to support the work we do, please visit www.patreon.com backslash hide and seek podcast. For as little as $5 a month, you can get access to exclusive rewards. Rewards include live events, early access to video trailers, ad-free episodes, never-before-seen videos, behind-the-scenes video and photo content, along with extended and never-before-heard interviews. My team and I would be honored to have you. Again, visit patreon.com backslash hide-and-seek-podcast. Thanks, guys. The views and opinions expressed by guests on the Hide and Seek podcast are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views, opinions, or positions of the host or contributors. Hey everyone, this is Sarah. Would you like to take a more active role in the Hide and Seek community? Would you like to share your thoughts with other listeners? Join us in the Hide and Seek podcast discussion group on Facebook. You can find us by searching Hide and Seek Podcast Discussion Group on Facebook. This podcast deals with mature topics that may not be suitable for all listeners. Material heard on the Hide and Seek Podcast is intended for adult listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Sweet dreams are made of this. 24 Hour News Aid's Brady Gillum went to Sturgis tonight to speak with the missing woman's mother about what may have happened to her daughter. I can tell you where she most likely is. I hadn't seen anybody that I felt comfortable saying anything to until today. The stories they tell are pretty fucked. They're pretty freaking gruesome. I kept all the text messages, Facebook messages, the messages between me and Brittany, I have all of them. I have everything. I told myself, I'd kill all them motherfuckers, and I was going to have my people fucking take care of it. I'll just say Brittany's name out of nowhere just to see what somebody says. Because this little town around here would be hard to hide something like that. Because eventually everything comes out. Some days I don't believe anything happened to her. I think she's in slow. This is Hide and Seek, Season 3, Part 3. The final chapter. I'm your host, James Basinger. Hey guys, in the previous episode, we took you on a journey through the teen's home. Sarah and I discussed the situation, exploring various scenarios and ideas. We encouraged you, our perceptive listeners, to form your own opinions and pose your own questions. Speaking of questions, we have a few of our own. Did Brittany have knowledge of the other person's presence at the home when she moved from the back of the house to the front? 
Based on our extensive research and interviews, we strongly believe that there were indeed two individuals present at the teen's residence that night. Shocking? No. But since we've concluded that there were two people there, it adds another layer of questions to this scenario. Which, in my opinion, stems back to the root. What's the motive here? Furthermore, the police report revealed that Brittany's feet and arms were bleeding when she interacted with John on his sun porch. Now, even despite having a warrant, Brittany willingly allowed authorities to be called and even provided her full name to dispatch. Now, does that sound like someone trying to run away? The obvious answer is no. But is it enough? Is it enough to reclassify Brittany's case? After conversing with Tad, one of our most crucial inquiries is why Brittany's case has not yet been classified as a nobody homicide. I also took you along with us to St. Joe County Sheriff's Office, where Sarah and I presented our case to a room full of approximately 10 individuals. We left the meeting feeling optimistic, and you had the chance to hear Sarah recount a snippet of the details to Jessica. We discussed Tad's offer to St. Joe County, and we're hopeful that they'll reach out to him and accept his generous proposition. During the presentation, St. Joe County expressed their interest in the laptop we obtained. Once I'm back in Washington, I run into a few roadblocks, but we get it sent off, providing a tracking number to ensure it's safe delivery. You may have caught a glimpse of that on my Instagram story. We'll delve deeper into this later on. Now, after leaving the presentation, Detective Otten requested that I refrain from pursuing leads regarding Skylar's story. The reasons behind his request may be revealed at a later point. But for now, this wraps up a recap from the last episode. In a previous episode, we learned about Ashley using a laptop that belonged to Desiree, a friend of Cage's. After months of trial and error, Desiree was finally able to get the laptop to me. The information obtained from the laptop revealed over 2,000 text messages. Ashley's digital footprint is a maze, but in every maze, there's a way through. The situation, two phones, countless text messages. One phone in particular seems to have passed through many hands. Josh, Pocket, JJ, Larry, and Eric. That phone. Each user contributing their own digital footprint. And then there's Ashley's phone. I've got text. Digital whispers. I won't expose everything. Privacy matters still. But key points? They're on the table. Today, I'm going to share just a few. What do these messages mean? Misunderstandings, secrets, or something more sinister? You tell me. And just to be clear, for the phone that's been shared, the date range, the first text I'm able to see is on November 23rd, 2018, at 11.01 a.m., with over 1,800 text messages. The end date? April 5th, 2019. When reading through the text messages, there's a decent combination between sent and received messages. Nothing odd or unusual sticks out. Now, at times, 
I'll see the correspondence between Ashley and the person using her second phone. And that's where things become interesting because when I go to Ashley's phone history, I don't anticipate as many messages considering the number of parties using her phone. But what sticks out is that out of the 356 text messages, 351 of them are received. The time range, January 5th, 2019 through February 11th, 2019. In 37 days, it appears Ashley only sent five text messages. On December 25th, at 12.29 a.m., a text message is sent from Ashley's second phone and sent to Brittany's phone number. The text says, Get lost phone. As one word. Ashley sends the same message to herself on February 8th from her primary phone to her secondary. On December 31st, Eric messaged his mother about getting a new pair of sneakers. They had a back and forth conversation, which ended with Eric meeting his father at the shoe store to purchase a new pair of shoes. On January 5th, 2019, Ashley shares a screenshot of her conversation with Eric. She asked Eric, so where did you two go then? Because that was the whole point of you two leaving, right? Eric responds by writing, didn't really want to talk down the street with a gas can in hand, but I will. In the screenshot, Ashley responds to Eric, you shouldn't be. That's why you left with her however long ago. The person who received the screenshot of Ashley and Eric's conversation responds, what the fuck? The conversation continues with Ashley needing her Wi-Fi turned on. Ashley writes, I need Wi-Fi to hack more of Britt's accounts. On January 17th, 2019, Ashley sent a picture of the bottom of a Puma sneaker leaning on the deck of a printer. Shortly after, she received a photo of footprints in the snow that had similar tread markings to the Puma sneaker. The accompanying comment read, Scary close. Ashley replied with, Her show. We believe she meant her shoe. On January 19th, 2019, Ashley texted Larry. Eric's at the door with a bat in an attitude. Whatever happened between you two? Three minutes after sending the text, she's scolding Larry, expressing her frustration with his lack of support. She demanded Larry to get her Aztec payments and JJ to get her phone. She then told both to forget that they knew her. Ashley continued to explain, I'm scared for my life because this motherfucker's walking around with a bat banging on my door and whatnot. Over the next day, Ashley mentioned that Eric was calling her with information about Brittany but she refused to answer his calls due to the previous incident. The next day, on January 21st, Ashley texted someone, expressing her belief that they needed to find Brittany before Eric did. On January 22nd, 2019, Ashley and Glide exchanged text messages. 
Ashley accused Glide of only seeing her as a pretty thing to have sex with, just like every other guy. Glide responded by saying that none of those people were his friends, and that he believed Ashley was crazy. He also mentioned that he thought Ashley was jealous because a friend, presumably Brittany, was receiving attention. He didn't believe anyone had tried to kill her and thought she just wanted to become someone special. Nine minutes later, Ashley texted Eric S, informing him that Glide knows where his wife is and who took her. She mentioned that there were photographs of his friend's friend taking Brittany from a gas station. Ashley explained that she was now fed up with being manipulated and strung along by them. Ashley continues to tell Eric S that Glide told her Brittany was in a car somewhere and that she had been told she would have enough evidence to lead bulk to Brittany's body by the end of the previous day. However, she hadn't heard anything. She claimed Glide was now throwing a tantrum. Ashley concluded by saying that Glide was afraid Brittany would expose him, which is why she disappeared. What do you think the motive is behind Ashley telling Eric this information? Was Ashley motivated to tell Eric this because she may have not liked Glide's response to her? Is that all this is? On January 25th, 2019, Ashley confirmed her ability to track her own vehicle when she located the vehicle that Eric and JJ had borrowed. What are the questions that we take away from this information? Why was Eric texting Get Lost phone to Brittany's phone? Why did Ashley need to hack more of Brittany's accounts? Is the timing of Eric needing new shoes odd? What was the photo of the shoe prints in the snow? Why are they comparing the sneaker to the prints in the snow? Perhaps one of the most interesting questions why Ashley says they need to find Brittany before Eric does. Does this imply Ashley believes Eric knows where Brittany is? What are your thoughts? And if you're wondering, what was the correspondence like on November 30th, 2018 from Ashley's phone? Well, we can't see that. What about her second phone? We see the first activity on November 23rd where this second phone receives a text. The next text message comes in on November 25th. Then there's a gap. From November 25th until December 5th, there are no text messages. The first correspondence between Ashley's second phone, post Brittany's disappearance, was a text from Eric. Call me, please. Google data downloads let you choose the time frame you're interested in, similar to Facebook. But as we dived into Eric's Google activity, it was surprising to find inconsistencies. Well, not surprising. Timestamps were mismatched and didn't align as expected. Then comes the twist in Eric's map history. Initially, Ashley claimed he didn't use his location services. But mid-season, her story shifted. She suggested Eric had his location on, particularly on the day Brittany disappeared. Think about that for a second. The best friend tells me the husband's location is off. Then it changes. Your landlord confirmed this already. Quite the arrangement you guys got there. He went public, confirming that you had Eric's November 30th location history. 
He posted about it on Reddit. And to your surprise, the Google takeout actually provided, or downloaded, shows much more of Eric's Google location history. This Google takeout was downloaded before I began investigating Brittany's case. According to Eric's location history, he was in the area that Brittany went missing on the following dates that I can see. December 10th, 2018. Two days after Brittany had been reported missing, a single timestamp suggests Eric visited Grandma's. More than likely, this is when Eric goes to Grandma's, as Ashley put it. This is when he gets a description, the description that apparently doesn't fit Sheldon. Now what's odd about this timestamp is that it's singular. Why don't I see more activity? Like the other days we're about to discuss. December 19th. This aligns when Cage returned from Florida and met Eric and Jessica near Watt Road, along with other search members of the party. What else sticks out to Cage? Eric claiming to have found a phone. Or the back of one. If the story sounds familiar, but not with the right characters, you're just as confused as I was. Recent developments have shed a new light on the situation. I was always cognizant of Eric's involvement in the search party for Brittany, but the consistency in the testimonies of JJ and Cage about Eric finding the back of a phone was perplexing. Both asserted their presence during this discovery. Adding to the confusion, Jessica appeared uncertain about the specifics of the event and who was actually there. Chris and Jessica, known from episode one, organized a search party on Facebook. Now, contrary to my expectations, the event didn't have a specific time frame. Naturally, I thought it would be one day, a time set, time to end. But it spanned several days without a fixed time for gathering and searching, reflecting good intentions but flawed execution. I inferred that Eric joined the search on December 19th, which coincided with Cage's return from Florida. Their group assembled near Watt Road, close to the bridge. And as Cage later recounted, it was there that Eric emerged solo from the woods. A memory anchor for Cage? Cage remembered Eric complaining of cold hands and his claim of finding the back of a phone. Cage remembers offering Eric a ride back to his car from the bridge to the intersection of Fawn River and Watt Road. I can tell you from being there, that's a long trek back. As Cage has shared with me, when he's interacting with Jessica and Eric, this is at the end of the search. So why Eric denies the ride is unknown to Cage. The plot thickens on December 23rd, during a second search party, where Eric is again central to significant discovery, the back of another phone. This time, JJ was present, offering clarity to the previous conflicting accounts from JJ and Cage. This is the day Eric and JJ get pulled over, and Ashley gets apprehended. Oh, and as for Ashley's reasoning on not participating on the search, she claimed that she was attending to personal needs for her children. Reason for not searching for your best friend? I can be reasonable. If that had been true. When did Ashley ever search for her best friend in the area that Brittany went missing? Never. As for the events on December 31st, Eric's reasons for being in a specific area remain undisclosed. For now, 
and choose to keep that information confidential. In Eric's Google Takeout, over 34,000 pings between the dates of December 5th and January 21st. The obvious question, why is there no location data before December 5th? Does this omission not bother Eric? Or is he indifferent to this glaring gap? Over 34,000 pings, and yet so many questions remain. Trust me when I say this. We're meticulously crossing our T's and dotting our I's to uncover the truth behind these digital traces. And then there's these. Okay, okay, Google. Text Ashley. Voice Google Assistant. Walmart will patch tires for $10. Proof of the Wi-Fi in Ashley's vehicle. Okay, Google. Text now. Might be my Wi-Fi connection, too. Am I assuming the Wi-Fi was in the car? It could have been my Wi-Fi, too. Since I'm driving. Okay, Google. I want to change your name. What can I give you as a nickname? Can I call you my wife? Okay, Google. Text Ashley. Can I start working on the car? Do you need it? And then there's this one, where you can hear Ashley in the background. Another individual is present, but we don't know who it is. I have my guess, though. Here. I'll put, I'll put it in here. Take it out. I'll hold it. Now it's starting to come, and now, oh my God, it hurts right here so bad. She'll ask me over and over again where I hit her at. And like about that long after it gets me out. So it's not a mess. All he's asking for is a ride to town, dropped off somewhere to help look for my wife. Not coming back here, hanging out or anything. He's going to get dropped off somewhere else here in town so he can go do his thing. What? I'm looking. Well, guess what? I'm out here knocking on doors that shouldn't be knocked on because, yeah. I'm about to stir up a whole shit show. To shut off interior lights when the door is open on a Ford Explorer 2012. St. Joe County dispatch number. Three Rivers. What is the positive number? Here's towing. I was told that might have been the one with her, so that would be another reason why she'd be going to Brunson. Until we figure out who the person was that was with her, The motive on going to Brunson is going to be hard to figure out. And Daniel's the one that told me about him and that he lives in Brunson. Because I asked him 
if he knew of anyone that Brittany would know in Bronson, and that's the only name he gave me. He's a friend of Sheldon's. He was at Sheldon's house the day I went and talked to him. So, where do we go from here? I know I'm not perfect. By any means. I do take fault for my actions when I know I'm wrong. I man up to it. I want to talk to this dude. I guess uh, the question is, what is it you want to do from here? Final call. Do it for your child, Eric. And pick up the phone. Because I was told you didn't show up for the polygraph test. Okay, Google. Fuck you. Upon my departure from the sheriff's office, I received explicit instructions not to actively engage with Skylar or the related parties involved in this case. To clarify, it wasn't my intention to chase the story. Rather, the story itself gravitated towards me and the unexpected turn of events. The segment you're about to listen to features an interview and testimony from the individual currently experiencing significant emotional turmoil as the material discussed may be intense or emotionally triggering for some. Listener discretion is advised. I was told someone wanted to talk, so I gave him my number. Who is this? I introduced myself. I'm not gonna say much. I just want you to know that everything, everything that I've been telling you has been a lie. Like, the person that is telling you all this is telling the truth. He's telling the truth about everything. I'm caught off guard. Is he talking about Skylar? Who's telling me the truth? The person that's already telling you everything that's happening. His life is in danger. My life is in danger. Is this... I ask if the person I'm speaking to is Skylar. No. These people are trying to set me up to make it look like I had something to do with it. <laughs> like, dude, they're, they're already after me, man. They already tried to kill me once. I'm not involved. I was in, I was in prison, but I'll make okay, sure Okay, okay, well, slow, slow down for a second, man. Where are you at right now? I can't tell you that, man. They're going to kill me if I do. <laughs> Everything that everybody's been telling you. Okay, who am I lie. talking to? I don't... Calls like this don't happen often. And I'm trying to assess what I'm dealing with. I can't tell you that, man. 
and they're already there. He tried killing me, man. They killed all my friends. They killed people that they knew about it, man. Tell me about it. Like, help me understand what's going on. I met Brittany and Eric. That shit perk your ears up. Back in 2018, Eric became very intoxicated and he pulled out a gun on me. A bunch of us jumped in and kicked him out of the house. Brittany left with him back to the house because she got scared. Well, that was the last time I seen them. A couple months, a couple, hang on, a couple months later, I got involved with these two dudes. I met them every way committed a murder. I was arrested October 24th for it, 2018. And I sat in prison all the way until June 4th of 2022. So a month before she went missing. From experience. When interviewing someone, you filter what they say through your bullshit meter. Certain details become wishy-washy. It can become hard for them to provide details. And when pressed, they get frustrated. So keep that in mind as we move forward. These people... Man, you're, you're about to open up something you, know, you didn't want to get involved with, man. I'm telling you, bro, there's more to this than what you, what you ever know. There was a party that, that you mentioned that you were at back in 2018, that you ran into Eric and Brittany, and Brittany was there with Eric. Why did he pull out a gun? He got, he got really drunk. He was stumbling through the house every time to get out, and he pulled a gun out on me. And we took the gun away from him and we kicked him out of the house. They, they, they killed him over forty dollars, man. They killed Brittany over forty dollars. Help me understand. How do you know that? Who's they? They told me. There's more than one person involved. Let's start with the first person. Who is the person that told you? It's crazy, man. This guy is, is worse than the devil, man. Let's talk about the person who told you. Been able to connect it. Okay, I'm not asking for a name right now, but what I'm what I'm saying is this person is responsible, and he's okay. Okay, I'll tell you this. I was locked up with him in one of the correctional facilities. Did you ever heard about me? And I go, no. He goes, look up Brittany Shank. And then you'll know about me. He goes, oh, you ever heard about her? Just look it up when you get out. Then you'll know about me. Dude, my life is in danger right now. How did you come up with the $40? Let's just go back to that. What was said about the $40? Because the person that's telling you all this told me this. He said he doesn't know how long he's going to be able to live with this on his conscience. 
You told me everything, man. Tell me what happened then, man. You told me what I did to her. You gotta help me help you. How are you gonna protect me, man? Well, I'm trying to find How out. How are you gonna protect my family? Trying to learn about what happened so I know the truth so that I can get in contact with people who can actually take action. Can you provide me with anything that they share with you about that night that she went missing? What happened? This is what he told me. Apparently, Brittany, apparently owed these people $40 for some, for some drugs. And she couldn't come up with the money inside. And when he kidnapped her, they took her to this property. That's when they did all the all that stuff to her. And they killed her. They removed her. All the houses that they were telling you about said that they're moving them from the surges and stuff that's all alive. Where did they take her? She was never in surges. Hey. I lose them. What the hell was that about? $40. And is the person he's referring to telling me all this stuff? Is he talking about Skylar? I attempt to get him back on the phone. Hello? Where did they take her? Please. Change my voice. Change my voice, okay? He took her to this place. And they were moving her from that property to a house. What what do I call you, man? What's your what do you want me to call you? I'm trying to build rapport with him. But as you can tell, he's in distress. Just call me Z. Okay, Z. Breathe for a second. In the situation you're in right now, are you around anybody? No, no, I'm by myself. Okay. I'm pretty sure I went and picked up Brittany from somewhere, and I took her to that uh, house and dropped her off. He's claiming the time he picked Brittany up wasn't on November 30th, but it seems very odd and strange to say this. I wasn't trying to get involved in this, man. That's all I make money is I, took, I drove people around to make some money. <laughs> where do they need to go? You tell me where you need to go and I charge you however much, you know? You drove Brittany somewhere one time, you're saying? I, I think so, yeah. To where? I can't remember, man. Okay, Z, I'm gonna need you to... Oh, please. Uh, Come on, man. If you're saying you drove her somewhere you don't remember, like, you can't... If you think you remember her or you don't... I know, man. Listen to me, man. I remember picking her up in searches months before she went missing. The people that are involved, they befriended me a few months ago. How did they befriend you? Can you tell me that? One of these people's sisters added me on Facebook and she messaged me saying, hey, what if we can hang out sometime? So I said, yeah. So I went and met her at her house, and that's when I met one of her siblings. We started to become close buddies. One day, they're sitting there, and he starts 
carried off. Hey, young man. I'm sorry, bro. Why were you sorry about? Hey, young man, you were never supposed to be involved in this. You were never supposed to be a part of this. I'm sorry, bro. I know what he's talking about, man. He said, dude, I was involved in something terrible. Okay, I'm still having a hard time, Z. He, he, gave, he gave me specific details of what they did to her, man. Then what were the specific details? Z goes on to share with me what he heard. It's gruesome. I don't feel it's necessary to share. Where did this happen? On this property. Do you know who the owner of the property is? That's why I can't put that out there, man. You're going to put the whole family in danger. Z's reluctant, but he eventually shares a name. I've seen the yellow jumpsuit, man. I know who that person is. And it was wearing that suit that night. But you're not telling me who it is. Because his life is in danger too, man. You can't just go put out people's names like that. He would have been Mystery Man, right? He is a Mystery Man. I can give two fucks about his safety at this point. He was forced into it. It wasn't something voluntarily. His life was threatened. But what's his name? I can't tell you that, man. If he didn't do it, if he's not responsible and he was forced into this, then who, man? If I mention their names, I'm dead. I won't air it. That's all I want to say. He's part of the responsibility of this. I dropped Brittany off one night, way before she went missing. Brittany never went missing from Sturgis, man. They took her on that back road, man. What back road? So, do you know if they picked her up in another car then? I, I don't know that. That's, that's some of the details I don't know. But I'm freaking out, man. I'm freaking out because they're going to kill me, man. Your silence doesn't mean that they're going to stop. If they've already tried to kill you, your silence in protecting them or not sharing is doing what? I'm not trying to protect them, man. I'm trying to protect my family, man. If these guys are responsible, then help me stop. Help me stop it. You said you're trying to protect your family. I'm all for that, man. I feel like that. They're slowly killing the other ones. There's more people that are going to end up dead before this ends. Man, before you think that's far-fetched, let me tell you. There's a number of people who have passed away in the last two years of covering Britney's case. Specifically, the ones named in Skylar's testimony. I wasn't aware of this. One of those individuals who passed away, I already interviewed. That interview has never been aired. So Z claiming his friends are dying, that's a fact. Is what Z's telling me related to Skylar's testimony? Well, you can help me prevent that, my guy. This isn't gonna just like be something that you can ignore and that it just goes away. I know I can't ignore it. When are you going to be in Michigan again? TBD. Everything that I was told, it was to throw me off of what was going on. 
can let me be honest with you about that, Casey. I feel like with what you're sharing with me, I'm trying to figure out how much of it's true and how much is the same reason. Yes, I know. I'm just trying to give the information that I know. Okay, so let's work together on that. And in order for us to be able to clear that confusion is for us to be able to share information with each other. So I will share with you some of the information I have and know if it's relevant for you to understand or know to trust me. I'm asking for you to trust me as well. Do you know Yes. I ask if you know Skylar. No, I never heard of him. Let's talk about the individuals who you feel are are responsible. You said there was one person who came to you while you were also in jail that was saying you don't know who that is and was like There was a bunch of people. There was a bunch of people. Okay, but what about the person that you feel is responsible? I met him through the person that's telling you everything. The person that's on your podcast that's been telling you all this information. It's a male. Skylar. What about him? He's the one that introduced me to the dude that did it. He introduced you to the dude who's responsible for Brittany's disappearance. Yeah. When? Where did you meet him at? You asked me who is, right? Yeah. I know that's a cover-up name. So I know the dude that's telling you all this. I know him. If that's the dude that's giving you all the information, he's the one that introduced me to the, to the guy. But you said you didn't know who... I know his real name, man. I didn't know that was his cover-up name. What's his real name? Do you know his real name? Yeah, I do. That's why I'm trying to figure out with you what it's, what's this individual's real name. Your bullshit meter should be going through the roof. How do you spell the last name? He's the cry to me about it. Why would these people know so much about this case if I was lied about it? What they did to her, where her body is. Where's her body? It's in one of three places. Okay, I'd like to know what all three places that you're talking about. Z shares. Who is the guy in the, in the yellow jumpsuit? This one's in the yellow jumpsuit is. He's coming out and giving you his confession on it. Is this your Britney for $40? Or is there more to that? Who told you it was $40? <laughs> You've already given me names. There's no point in us hiding it now. Dude, they, they told me they, in prison, did they, do you know who Brittany was? Brittany Shankins? I don't know. They called me. I don't know what that means. That's what they call him. They call him He's dangerous. <laughs> what does he say about the forty dollars? You don't ever want to owe me out in the streets. 
Jesus, what are you talking about? How many people disappear for forty dollars? You ever heard of Brittany uh, Shank? She's missing. Okay, what does that have to do with me? Look it up. Then you'll know who I am. You got rid of Brittany for forty dollars. He goes, I mean, the people disappear over forty dollars. What do you think I'll do over a hundred? I need to know. I really would like to know where the, where the property is at. And if you're saying that they've been after you already, and you're in fear that they're going to go after your family, like being quiet and continuing to stay quiet would be for what? It's on his property. It's at his house. Is that who you're talking about? I just sent you a text message. Yeah, that's it. No. Yeah, I'm sorry that this happened. You were. Yeah, I feel somewhat responsible for all this. I wrapped up my call with Z, and I'll be honest. This left me with more questions than answers. Was he spewing nonsense, sharing half the truths, or is he more involved than he lets on? His testimony zigzagged all over the place. And over the next few weeks, Z and I exchanged a couple texts. One weekend, while I was with my family, an unknown number called me. I didn't pick up. Come Monday, I discovered it was Z, and he wasn't pleased with my slow response. Our conversation turned sour fast. Oh, now you want to talk to me? Nah, you had your chance earlier, and you called me crazy. You're too stupid to see the truth. Someone is calling the shots and telling others to tell you this or that. They're leading you down rabbit trails and spinning you from the real truth. Alright, you want to pick and choose when you talk to me? Now you're getting prideful. You had your chance? It's thinking about yourself, not Brittany, who probably died in a way that you can't fathom. So unless you got something that you want to share, quit fucking playing games with me. Fuck up, you bitch ass. You the one dragging it out for almost two years of looking for her. Self-assessed bitch. You know what? Let me catch you in Sturgis, and we'll see what happens then. FYI, don't ever be alone. Comment that tough guy. Who called who crying? Claiming they're after me, but can't say who. They're killing all my friends, but can't say who they are. And I'm chasing rabbit trails, huh? Brit's got her name out because of what we've done. The fuck you care how long it's been? You seem to forget the real timeline. Fuck the podcast in the last two years. Brittany's been gone for five. Just a little perspective for you. Don't ever be alone. Keep that same energy. Where does this lead? I don't know. But I've done what I can. I've handed over the entire interview to law enforcement. Depending on the day, Z and I continue to communicate. Just when you think the case can't twist any further, it does. It's like peeling an onion, layer after unsettling layer. Expect the unexpected, as the mystery unfolds in ways that you won't see coming. 
Because as you should know by now, shit never goes smoothly. Stay vigilant and keep seeking. Would you like to show your support for the Hide and Seek podcast? Find our Instagram and Facebook page by searching Hide and Seek Podcast. Like and follow to hear updates on past seasons as they become available and stay up to date on season three. Find our discussion group by searching Hide and Seek Discussion Group on Facebook. The Hide and Seek Podcast is hosted, directed, edited, and produced by James Basinger. Written, edited, and produced by Sarah Joe. Engineered, mixed, and mastered by Nudon's Audio Engineering. Director of Photography is Ethan Schatz. Our graphic design is created by Jordan Robinson. A special thanks to all those involved in our ground team and to our Patreon supporters. Thank you for helping make our investigations possible. Thank you for listening to Hard to Sink. And peace out.